Hey, we have Chris Bruno uh, today as our guest, and it is a pleasure to have him because we've we've talked uh, somewhat about what he's doing, and it's very exciting. I'm going to let him tell you, uh, but uh, overall, it's uh, it's economic development and workforce development. So, for those of you who are looking for a job and and interested in the workforce component of of your life or of your city or of your of whatever. Uh, Chris is the one to uh, to to tell you uh, how to uh, and what is happening in that that field. Welcome, Chris. Thank you very much, Cindy. It's nice to be here. Um, Chris is a uh, a fairly new uh, newcomer to uh, this area, and I'll let you tell. I'll let him tell you how he got to be here, uh, and then we'll go into uh, his background and what his background is. Sure. Um, so you know, I, I feel uh, I feel like I should say I actually grew up in this area. Um, I, I went to. Uh, middle school and high school in Fairfax. And so I, I am currently serving as the director of economic development for the city of Fairfax. Um, following high school, I went to college uh, at Fordham University in New York. I stayed there for my master's in political science, and then I held a few jobs following um, graduate school and ultimately ended up um, going to law school at New York Law School. Um, and from law school, I became um, <laughs> It's a, it's a really roundabout story, actually, but um, I started with um, the Department of Small Business Services, which is a mayoral agency in New York City. I, I started working in their neighborhood development division about a week before Hurricane Sandy hit New York. And following New York, uh, the entire agency sort of pivoted a little bit, um, and we were very focused on storm recovery and, and commercial revitalization efforts. So following that pivot, um, I played a, a central role in the commercial revitalization program for the city and helped run the Avenue NYC program, which is commercial revitalization along commercial corridors using CDBG funds. Um, and then from there, I switched back after a number of months or years, it seems, into the uh, the agency's general counsel office. And from there, had my real first experience and run in with uh, workforce development. And I was able to work on some other programs that that agency was working on. So workforce development, business development, and neighborhood development all wrapped into what small business services did. And from there, I was, I was really recruited down here to Fairfax to rethink, redevelop the economic development office in the city of Fairfax. Um, and Right now, I think everything is going well. We're picking up some momentum, and I think everybody is very excited about um, the the possibility and the opportunity surrounding the city of Fairfax, which sometimes I think gets left out of the conversation because it's so small, mm -hmm. and it is surrounded by Fairfax County, which is a county of one point some odd million people. Um, but there are some really important, um, serious things going on in Fairfax City that I think can impact the region as a whole. Um, and I think there's really exciting opportunity for us to work with our regional partners on a number of economic development issues. So let me ask you uh, something. Is uh, What is the uh, the organization of Fairfax City? Is it an un, uh, un, not to close, un, whatever you call it, uh, entity? It's so Fairfax City is an independent, in, in Virginia, um, Cities are independent of the counties that sometimes I think people think they're in. So Fairfax City um, was formed and established, I think, in, in the early 60s. It had previously been a town within Fairfax County, uh, and it is now in a, a politically independent jurisdiction. We have um, a mayor, 
Um, and then um, a, a city council. We are led by a city manager who reports up to the city council. Um, but our, our policy is developed by the mayor and city council um, and then hope, hopefully <laughs> implemented by uh, the city manager and city staff. So in this area, what other cities are in the same same group? As- so t- to my knowledge, I think all cities in Virginia operate similarly. Um, you know, larger cities like Richmond and, and Norfolk might be different. But um, in northern Virginia, Falls Church operates very similarly. Um, Alexandria actually operates similarly. There's, um, of course, Alexandria is a larger city, but they have the basic council manager mm-hmm. form of government. Okay, yeah. Okay. So let me go back to your beginning sure. to, at your at your job in Sandy. Mm-hmm. Do you see any similarities between Sandy and what happened in Houston? Oh, you know, um, what happened in Houston is absolutely terrible, and I think there are a lot of lessons that can be learned from Sandy. Um, you know. Um, Hurricane Sandy, I, I think, to his credit, Mayor Bloomberg did a very good job at organizing a very rapid response in an area that didn't have too much experience um, in dealing with hurricane recovery. Uh, people think of New York City, and I guess when you think of natural disasters, you think of blizzards. Um, and that's really about it. But um, hurricanes don't happen there very frequently. So um, we were kind of dealing with an unknown a little bit. And I think everybody defaults to what um, police and fire and first responders um, can do. And, and in New York, they are some of the best. Um, what people tend to forget about then is what happens with housing recovery programs and business recovery programs. And in the days following Sandy, um, I remember our commissioner at the time had essentially said we need to focus on two primary neighborhoods um, to show that business can come back, even if it's just symbolic, to show that businesses are our priority and that we are out in the city um, providing not only financial and moral support for our businesses, but also that we want people to go back to these business neighborhoods. So we focused on the historic South Street Seaport in Lower Manhattan, which had been inundated with floodwaters. I, I think that it had never seen before. And I, if you go online and see some of these pictures, I mean, there's there's that really um, sort of famous picture uh, where you're looking at the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, and I, I think the water is up to the top of the tunnel, and it's just flooding in. So that's the same area that the historic seaport is in. Um, buildings down there were completely destroyed on their ground floors, and that's really those are really important and historic buildings, and important in the in the city's fabric, but. Um, historic in the sense that, you know, they've been there probably longer than any other building in the city and they've never experienced catastrophe like this. So we had to be aggressive in what we could do on the city's end and, and show that we were supportive of the businesses. And we got some of those businesses open. You know, there was one business that was open a week after the storm, which is pretty remarkable when you think about the fact that my agency, which was housed in lower Manhattan, um, we couldn't get into our building for a, a week following the storm because there was no electricity in lower Manhattan. There was no subway service below 34th Street. Um, and, and what I do remember is we had the hurricane and then what seemed like a week or two following that, we had an unusual early snowstorm. But the steam wasn't working in the building because of the hurricane flooding. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have heat in the building for yeah. a couple of weeks. So it was, it was generally, you know, a a, a miserable experience to work down there in those weeks following the storm, but I we were one of the lucky ones in that our building wasn't flooded. So, so how are you applying all this knowledge that you gained in Sandy, et cetera, to what you do now in, in Fairfax City? You know, it's it's really interesting that you ask that. Actually, um, I'm constantly being asked 
you know, how, how are the skills that you learn there transferable to Fairfax? And, and I'm constantly hesitant to compare the two, but, you know, there are actually a lot more similarities between New York and Fairfax. Um, and, and one of them is that there's a, a need and there's a lot of opportunity and the need and identifying the need is how government can best help business development and the business culture and the larger economic development um, programs that we have in place. So um, following Sandy, one of the things that we really spearheaded or spearheaded at, at the agency in New York was, um, okay, we have these business owners that can get back into their businesses, but they have things that they've never planned for. Many of them didn't have flood insurance. The very least we could do was launch a facade improvement program. And um, while symbolic facade, facade imp- a storefront improvement program, oh, like and a Main facade. Street, yes, exactly, like the Main Street program, okay, yeah, and and um, only what, a facade, open the door, well, we wanted to focus on um, the components of the business that were visible to people, mm-hmm. um, to pedestrians, to help bring back that that street level activity and and the pedestrian. Um, vibrancy in the street to show that the business was there. And um, we did that in New York at the seaport, and we did it on Beach 116th Street out um, in the Rockaways in Queens, which was completely devastated. And when I came down to Fairfax, um, our economic development authority had been talking of some early interest of doing some facade improvement programs. And no, oh, thankfully, there was no hurricane here and no natural disaster in our downtown. We have very old buildings that some of them date back to before the Civil War. So um, some of these buildings are are absolutely beautiful, but haven't been very well maintained on our main street. And um, as we are sort of repositioning the city to be um, a, a dense little urban core resembling a, a community focused sort of village um, where we're going through this identity shift of do we want to be city or, or suburb? And we're finding that. Um, most of the people want the amenities and the quality of life of the suburbs, but they want the walkability and the shopability of of the small, dense urban core. So um, what we've done is we've identified these uh, commercial or core activity centers. We have five of them in our city, and, and our downtown is actually our probably our largest at the moment, but it's also the most historic. So we said, why don't we give this facade improvement program a shot in, in our historic downtown? Um, and so we opened the applications and um, we op- it was a it was a grant application and we opened the program and said, look, if, you, if you're a business or a property owner and you want to um, receive some some funding from City Hall and the Economic Development Authority to repair or improve the facade or physical outside appearance of your of your building or business, um, apply for this program. And we were really encouraged to see that so many businesses wanted to participate in this. And we actually ended up making on a trial program, we ended up making um, four or five grants to businesses on our main street. And we restricted it to that. We had a very small um, sample test sample for the first iteration of this program. And if you go to Main Street and University Drive in in Little Fairfax City, and you look at this building where De Clue Coffee Shop is, um, you it's called Victorian Square, and you can look at pictures on our Economic Development Authority website of the before and after. Um, it's night and day. I mean, I mean, we've we've taken a building that had previously been some form of background gray that you would never notice driving through the city, and we've made it. Um, red, yellow, and I think there's a blue component of it. And instead of looking like just one building, now to the pedestrian, it looks like three buildings. And I believe that it will have a positive impact on the buildings or the businesses in that building. Um, And, you know, we're getting pretty good feedback on it. And no, we don't think that'll be sort of a 
a silver bullet to all of our economic development problems. But it's one little thing we can do to show that um, City Hall supports the the businesses in our community. And, you know, our, our, our businesses are important to us and they do a lot. So so we'll concentrate on the businesses because that's really the, the heart and soul of economic development or workforce development, isn't it? Yes. So, and isn't it true that uh, as you, uh, well, first of all, you have five units, five five hubs. Is the city large enough to have five hubs? Shockingly, yes. Um, we, we do. We have, and if you look at a map of our city, um, there, I have some maps here, but your you can't listeners see. can't see them. Um, if, you, if you look at a map of our city, you, you can see that they're kind of at the corners of our city, um, with the exception of our downtown, which is sort of historically established at the crossroads of all of the roads in the city. So it's basically dead in the center. Um, but yes, we do have five commercial activity centers. I'm sure you and your listeners have heard of many of them. Some are Fairfax Circle, um, Camp Washington, North Fax, Pickett and Maine. Maybe you haven't heard of them. I, I don't know. But um, <laughs> in Northern Virginia, I think if, if you know where Interstate 66 is, if you know where um, Route 236 is, Chainbridge Road 123 runs through two of these. Um, most of the primary Northern Virginia arteries run through our city. So we're very fortunate to have that. And, and because of that, we've identified these five commercial cores. And so part, uh, part, if not all, of your job is to deal with revitalization of these hubs, these four or five hubs. And uh, you, you get grants and you apply the grants and you get revitalization money. Uh, and, and you talk to the owners and say, hey, you better clean up your act or you're not going to get any business, right? <laughs> so I, I actually, <laughs> yeah, yes, basically. I, um, I try not to be sort of the enforcement branch of city government. I'm, right. I, want, I want to be the friendly person who wants to come and help you and, 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 and I'm push here to business. Help. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the sort of overall strategy is that everything comes that comes from an economic development office has to either support the jobs, support the businesses, or support development that um, prioritizes sort of the vision for the community. And so, yes, my, my priority is these five commercial activity centers, but certainly everything within the political jurisdiction of the city. Um, so, you know, we want to engage in an aggressive business, business attraction campaign. We also want to engage in an aggressive business retention campaign. We have a number of very, very good businesses that need just a little bit of help. And so when I look at programs like our facade improvement program, I think, OK, that we can use as a tool to attract new businesses that might, um, you know, want to reinvest in some property. And we have a lot of property that needs reinvestment. Um, and, and if that helps bring more jobs What's to the reinvestment? city. reinvestment? What do you mean by that? Do they have to buy it again? Or? No, not necessarily. So I, I view, um, when, when I talk about property reinvestment, I mm-hmm. look at some of our um, our older commercial space. So mm-hmm. we have a number of office buildings that were built in the 60s, 70s, and 80s um, that you know has been maintained, certainly, but it's not... Um, necessarily competitive to the office space that is now being built in Tyson's oh. or in, in West Fairfax. Are you competing with Tyson's? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. That would be you not, have not, major com- no. competition there. I have very big plans for this. No. <laughs> um, I'm, well, no. And that's actually, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. That's an important part of this vision of what Fairfax City is. And I think we want um, to, to build a city that um, provides an excellent quality of life. We already provide really good services. We have to figure out how to pay for them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to provide an excellent quality of life for our residents, but also our businesses. And our and so our businesses are our employers for our, our residents as well. Um, and in order to do that, we need to 
um, find our vision and then to make decisions based on what accomplishes that vision. So no, our vision is not Tyson's Corner, but um, our vision is a vibrant, sustainable city. And I think that means if, if we're looking for comparisons, I, I think that's more of a false church, Herndon, Vienna kind of thing. Um, but I hate, you know, I hate making comparisons because Fairfax really is so distinct and unique that it really it will never be any of those places. I think it can be so much more. So uh, there's lots of questions I want to ask you, and I hope we'll have a chance to come back. But uh, before I get to those questions, uh, I want to hit on something that you said earlier. Well, no, I want to hit on something you haven't said earlier. You majored in history. Yes. Undergrad, uh, in policy graduate. Yes. And in law degree. What did you think you were going to do when you got all those <laughs> degrees? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still figuring that out. Uh, so um, it, it, my history undergrad, I, I was very and am still very attracted to history. And I think one of my favorite courses in school was um, history of New York City and uh, New York City. yeah, of New, of New York City. And so I you know, and it's a fabulous course. And if you ever if you're ever in New York and you, you feel like taking an abandoned subway tour, I highly recommend the, um, the New York Transit Museum. Um, but it's it's really the history of New York City. We could have an entire show on that. Okay. Um, so I was I was really attracted to history, um, and then from there, you know, you graduate with a history degree, and you're like, what am I going to do? So you, <laughs> so you start looking to political science, and um, I actually um, for a time had not so much an internship, but it wasn't a full blown job um, working on uh, some political campaigns. Um, and then from there, I ended up working at a, a TV uh, news channel in New York and kept just kept kind of going with it and okay. then ultimately decided I wanted to um, get into law. And I should mention both my parents were lawyers, too. So that's <laughs> And you're a natural, so I can get you on the show and maybe you can ta- take some of this show. Happy to come back. <laughs> Happy to come back. OK, so we have this this man who has three degrees and has been a, a, a a gentleman of all trades, uh, if you will. Uh, he has I'm found, definitely coming back now. <laughs> <laughs> he's found his niche in uh, economic development uh, and and the challenges that that faces. Um, but before that, you 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 and your your wife are in Arlington. Yes. So why did you choose Arlington? <laughs> so. Um, I had mentioned that I had uh, – I guess this is the the peak in my personal life. I had mentioned that um, I had grown up in the area, but I didn't spend too much time in Arlington and D.C. I'm a huge Capitals fan. I will say that. I'm a, Unfortunately for everybody, I'm a, I'm a big Yankee fan, but I am a Capitals fan. So I would spend a lot of time going to the then MCI Center. Um, but then following a game, I'd get on the train and I'd go back to Fairfax. So I didn't know the area that well. Um, As you already know how long it's been since you've been there. Right. <laughs> you said MCI and now it's Verizon, Verizon and now, and now it's now Capital One Arena. So, uh, <laughs> okay. um, but uh, so I didn't spend too much time in D.C. Um, and when my wife and I were looking to relocate, um, she at the time in New York had been a high school assistant principal and she was uh, still looking for a job actually down here. And so we kind of strategically picked Arlington um, so that she could reach any jurisdiction mm-hmm. in the region. Uh, <laughs> 
ironically, she is working at a high school in in Fairfax. So <laughs> we both make the reverse commute to Fairfax, okay. but we we love it. Okay, well that is good, and we welcome you uh, again to uh, to Washington area. So let's talk about your job. Uh, one of the big uh, uh, big projects on your to do list or your wish list involves George Mason University. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, so you know, George Mason University's main campus sits right on the southern edge of our city. Um, and it's it's I, I believe and, you know, I, I think you could probably tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Virginia's largest public research institution. Um, and in the last almost year that I've been here, I've had the opportunity to work very closely with uh, members from the government relations team. Um, we have the associate vice president of innovation and entrepreneurship. I hope that's his title. If not, well, it's something like that. But something like that. Yeah, okay. he, um, he sits on the uh, he's a commissioner on the Economic Development Authority, which I work very closely with. And George Mason University and the city of Fairfax, among other things, partner on the um, operation of the Mason Enterprise Center Fairfax, which is a, a small business incubator. Um based in Fairfax City, and it's funded by, in part by the Economic Development Authority. And I think growing and maintaining the Mason Enterprise Center is a, a strategic priority of ours. Um, not only does it help grow business in the city, but it also provides an opportunity for entrepreneurs and startups to find a home um, and find a program that can help them build the capacity to grow their business. On top of that, once they're ready to graduate from that small business incubator, we do actually provide a move-in incentive to help them go from the incubator into the city and become a full-fledged city business. That sounds important, but let me, George Mason is, sure. is, is something, but before I ask you about George Mason, and unfortunately we're running out of time, but uh, are you particularly interested in having a certain kind of business in, in your city? Yes. Um, <laughs> and then I do want to come back to Mason yeah. because I actually think that's important. But um, the certain type of business that I'm looking for, you know, we have a lot of really good businesses in the city and we have a few not great businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for the business that um, provides an experience for visitors. Um, when I'm not talking about um office space right now, but I'm, I'm looking for a business that provides an experience for visitors, um, great restaurants. We are a restaurant destination, I think, first and foremost, and, and we've never really held ourselves out to be that. We have some of the region's best restaurants in our city. We have Artie's, we have Villa Mozart, we have, everybody McDonald's. knows Artie's. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we have some great McDonald's. Um, but um, so, so restaurants are good, but we're looking for um, exciting businesses that offer good, strong jobs. Um, and in order to help attract those businesses, what we're doing is establishing throughout the city. Right now we have on a trial basis, we've, we've essentially established a technology zone bubble around the city. So um, businesses that qualify with us as a technology business, um, we can relieve uh, their tax payments on certain business license taxes um, for up to five years. And although that's not a huge thing, it's it's a helpful thing, and it shows that we're serious about attracting certain types of businesses. I'd like to expand that a little bit. Potentially, I have to work with the council in the future to cover um, arts and entertainment, um, because what we're really looking to do is bring people into the city um, to really engage with whatever the new business is and our existing businesses. So if we bring... I'm speaking completely hypothetically. If we were to bring um, a movie theater or a a music venue to our downtown, we already have the restaurant infrastructure to support um, that type of experience. Don't you have a movie theater already? We have a really good movie theater um, that is at uh, our our camp. uh, I'm sorry. It's at our Pickett and Main Mm -hmm. um, Activity Center, which is not... 
Um, it's it's essentially in Fair, Fair City Mall. I'm, it's on 236 okay. and Pickett Road. Um, that's not in our walkable okay. urban core. Um, and so we're looking to really figure out how to bolster our sort of denser cores where we have a lot of new housing that's being built in the city. And I think that housing is, is really um, being built with 20, 30, 40, and 50-year-olds in mind, the future of Fairfax. Yeah. So we, before we, we, we close, can you go talk a little bit more about George Mason? Yeah. They, 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 they surround you already? Or? They do. Um, and, and they are, you know, priority number one for me. And I, I've met with the president a couple of times, and um, President Cabrera is wonderful. Um, I think he is really committed to growing um, the international footprint of George Mason University. And I find that to be an exciting opportunity for the city. We have a number of academic buildings that are in the city. We really need to figure out how to, how to bring students back into our city. Um, and, you know, uh, candidly, I think there were a few decisions that were made a number of years ago that um, we probably should revisit if we can um, that would have helped us bring students into the city a little bit more. And I think we're now um, revisiting those decisions and, and where we have a very good and strong relationship with the university. And I think things are moving in the right direction. Um, we, uh, it's funny, this is the workforce. So one of the things that, um, I've committed to doing is bringing on interns from Mason. I also partner with, um, Northern Virginia Community College, which is to our Southeastern border. Um, so there you, you're, you're on a, a wood, what is that? Woodburn or Woodbine? Um, no, are they in your, in your dear sister? They're not, oh, okay. but they're close enough, um, and, and we have a very, very strong relationship with them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, at the end of the day, we realize we're surrounded by this incredible wealth of talent, um, intellectual talent and intellectual capital that we really need to work with these partners to to um, help connect students to um, the businesses that are looking for people to hire. They are absolutely looking for people to hire. So if you're looking for a job, uh, you know, Fairfax businesses are looking to hire people. Um, I need to help make that connection between George Mason University and Northern Virginia Community College and our Fairfax businesses. I view them as a primary strategic partner in economic development for us. With that, uh, we have to say we have to end, but you've raised a lot of very interesting uh, points and points that have to be discussed even further, such as what to do with George Mason uh, what your city is going to be become a, reput- a, a reputation what, what is it going to be a mecca for as well and uh, and you are just uh, a, 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 an amazing amount of energy and energizer any the energizer bunny <laughs> if you will <laughs> I told you I would come back already you don't have to say these things <laughs> uh, and, and I, there are a lot of economic development people in around you that uh, want to work with you as well and we must say that it's all for the good of the people who are looking for jobs mm-hmm. and who want jobs. And and you found that in your uh, jurisdiction, most of the people leave the Fairfax City to go to their jobs, right? It, it's, it's really funny you bring that up. I actually just happened to have our fact book, which is available online um, if you want to go to fairfaxcityva.gov. Um, but you can see the resident outflow for us is that approximately 44% of our residents leave the city um, Actually, yeah, it's a little more than that. It's it's about 
three quarters of our residents leave the city to find work. Mm-hmm. Um, a quarter of them stay within the city. We have a number of people, about 10% of people working in the city um, come into the city for work. So a, a significant chunk of people leave our city to find work, and we need to change that a little bit. We're perfectly happy with people leaving the city to find work. I want to bring more jobs into the city. Um, you know, you do mention the other economic development directors around the uh, around the region. Um, I have to say, I think this is a really exciting time to be in economic development in this region, but also specifically in Northern Virginia. I'm seeing collaboration, so I'm told, um, between my counterparts in Fairfax and, and Loudoun. And in Arlington is Victor Hoskins, and which we know. Yeah, and, 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 and Victor and I sit on a number of committees with each other, and I am seeing... Um, I'm seeing collaboration like I think they have never experienced before, and all of us are very excited. Okay. Well, thank you again. This is Chris Fruney, who is the uh, Director of Economic Development for Fairfax City. And as you can see, he's a one-man uh, crusader for, for all that's good that can come to Fairfax City, and we thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.